Welcome to the Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. We are proud partners of the Frolic Podcast Network, a community made up of your favorite voices in all of Romancelandia and beyond. Keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at the Pemberley, and you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. You can find thousands of titles to download and listen to at any time. We recommend getting Recipe for Persuasion by Sonali Dev so you can follow along as we make our way through the story. Visit audibletrial.com slash thepemberley to start your 30-day free trial. That's audibletrial.com slash thepemberley. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Pemberley Podcast. This episode, we are going to be discussing chapters 9 and 10 of Recipe for Persuasion. But before we dive into that, we're going to talk a bit about the thing that we both actually watched recently this time around. As you know, Disney Plus has a few things available on its streaming service. A couple of movies. Yeah. (laughs) One of the things that recently became available was the musical Hamilton. It is the original cast, uh, and they filmed this four years ago. And so everyone could experience the original Broadway show, which is really exciting. We all came to know and love the original cast, even though most people could not make it to New York and then afford the tickets (laughs) to see Hamilton. What's great is a lot of the cast became very famous for being in that show. And so I feel like it was really great that so many people have gotten to experience the original cast as what as it was. And it's funny because like you and I, one of the first things you and I bonded over when we met was the Hamilton soundtrack. Because as you all probably know, if you've been following us this whole time, uh, Yolanda and I met when we were both interning. And on our first day of work, we both discovered that we lived really close to each other. And so yeah. we we're like, that's fantastic. We can carpool. This is going to be great. <laughs> I still remember that day because we were at the food truck. Someone else we worked with had asked, like, where are you commuting from? And I was ready to be like, oh, I'm commuting all the way. I'm so far away. And then you were like, I'm commuting from Rancho. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And then I basically was like, we should carpool. And I was like, oh, wait, we just met and I'm offering this to you. No, no, honestly. But it worked out. It worked out. That first day, we both met in Santa Monica. So we had both driven there separately. And that was enough experience to be like no yeah let's 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 be in this together let's not do this alone (laughs) and it was a very very long drive from the inland empire all the way out to santa monica and so the thing that kept us going through those sometimes two hour drives sometimes more was we just listened to this hamilton soundtrack the whole time the whole time I mean, we'd also talk, but like, yeah. It, it, my point is, it is an extremely lengthy soundtrack, and uh, we That's pretty true. much got through it every single yeah. t- time. Which also, it was like the height of its popularity, the height of the fandom. So it was also like we were obsessed with it. So it was fun to sing along to and get the lyrics better every single time. <laughs> so the way that I watched it this year was my friend and I drove up to see another friend 
over the 4th of July weekend, we were all social distance. It was all great. We drove. We were all in our own little bubble. So we spent our Friday night hunkered down watching Hamilton. And I was so embarrassed that I forgot so many of the words, especially like with Davi Diggs's raps, like he speeds up. So he's so fast. He's so good. And I, yeah. I used to be not nearly as good as him, but I feel like I at least knew what the words were. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh no, the, my, my Hamilton fandom. <laughs> I know, it's like, I'm rusty. I'm so rusty, but yeah. it was so great. It's nice that everyone gets to experience them. Yeah, and I mean, it, it is really interesting watching it now. I think people are just watching things more critically with where our world is at. A lot of the discussion on Twitter, because, you know, discussions on Twitter always go well. Um, was- oh yeah, it's like scholarly. <laughs> Was like, is this show problematic in the way it's presenting all these different historical figures in this great light of really absolving them of a lot of the horrible things they did, really presenting them as if they were these heroes and almost perfect figures when in fact they were far from perfect and so many of them either owned slaves or dealt in slave trading. Hamilton didn't own slaves, but he helped to trade slaves. And so, and even like putting the label of immigrant on him, is that actually true when it was just going from British colony to British colony? And he himself was actually very anti-immigrant. So it's almost like selling this story of this idealized immigrant story when was that the truth? And I think, you know, this production of Hamilton and the story itself was something was written in a different time. You know, this was written to get very political. I mean, this was written in the Obama administration when, Mm -hmm. you know, you're riding on the uh, campaign of hope and change. And that was a little bit more of where the world was at and what the world needed. And having this very diverse cast was was something so unique. And But now it's like, is that enough? And I think that's where a lot of the conversation started to bubble up. Like, cool, you had a diverse cast. Is that enough? When you are not actually telling the full story. I mean, I think Lynn, he kind of addressed it in one tweet when he was like, you know, there was some stuff that I decided to cut out where you would have gotten more of the full story but it is hard to capture everything all of the nuances of these people in a two and a half hour show it's like you can acknowledge that there's problems with the story but also still like the music and understand like these actors who got pushed into the limelight because of it and really got all these great opportunities and it highlighted something so important of the need for diverse casts. I think that's what's really people are are holding on to still. So there's a lot of great that came out of it, but I think now there's also an important conversation that's happening about it as well. Sure. I think the other thing to keep in mind, not only is it a matter of like, you know, you can't physically fit all the facts into a show, But it is a musical. I feel like that medium sort of lends itself to wanting a lot of happy moments and you want to have a hero that you root for. It would be a huge downer if it was all facts, but it is important that a lot of people will like now go and like do their own research about it. There are some musicals that are very sad, so it's possible. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll say, apparently we roll along, never left a theater so depressed. (laughs) Sweeney Todd. Very, very sad. Yeah. That's the next step is Hamilton is an anti-hero. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) It was very interesting and, and now everyone gets to watch it. All right. Shall we dive into chapter nine of Recipe for Persuasion? Yes. 
So previously in chapter seven and eight, uh, we had learned more about how Ashna and Rico met in high school. Ashna tried to get out of the show, but decides to stay on to prove Shobi wrong. So that's where we left off. And chapter nine, we pick up from Rico's perspective. And so we get some more insight into post the disaster of a meeting uh, with Ashna. What's he's thinking about? So he actually had the minor surgery done to like drain the fluid out of his knee. Gross. Getting that all fixed and restitched, resorted. I think he's probably in more pain right now because it was like something like, I think he changed medications. So even though this one doesn't make him as sleepy, it's not as powerful. And so he's feeling more of the pain right now. He's in a limo on his way to the studio and a journalist is in there just doing a quick interview about him, about the show, how he's feeling. Um, We get some more insight through the interview of like, who is Rico and what's he all about? And so he recently found out that his ex Myra is expecting and so he's thinking about fatherhood because she actually is going to make him the godfather for the baby which is really exciting that's a really great honor he's close with his exes (laughs) I was gonna say no it's like definitely an honor anytime someone asks for something like that I'm just sort of stunned like oh I didn't realize you guys were that close you know that's I mean good for him but I'm also like whoa that is (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're that close. And so, I mean, it's something that is in his mind, too. He's like, I do want to be a dad. And that's just on his mind on top of when he was at the uh, bachelor party, thinking about marriage, thinking about former relationships, now being a dad. So like, there's so much going on in his in his mind. But something he keeps getting annoyed about, especially when this interviewer brings it up is she's like, you're a true hero. Uh, Just because he saved Ashna's toes from getting cut off. And he just wants to scream like I just have good reflexes every time someone asks this he doesn't see it as like a heroic act he's just like I did a thing my knee hurts real bad now (laughs) I I don't I'd rather not talk about it anymore which thankfully they don't have to talk about again because they get to the studio and so the interview is over but I mean really Rico is just going through a major life shift he is retiring from soccer he doesn't really know what the next stage of his life is going to look like so I think he's even still trying to explore that I think that's like a little bit of why he's trying to spin why he's on cooking with the stars he's like oh you know I'm just exploring a new hobby I'm trying to explore new interests but he's just saying that for the public he doesn't really even fully know of what he's going to do and I'm sure that's the source of his whole like quarter life crisis that he's having because I feel like his life up until this point was he was a normal kid then he lost his parents then he had to relocate to California, which is where he met Ashna. And then he like had the best, whatever, two years of his life. And then he was shut out. And then he started playing soccer professionally. And then it's just like, then he blinked and suddenly he's retiring, you know, like he's just been so dedicated to work and to his team and to the sport that now he's being forced to think about what he, like, who is he outside of soccer? Who is he outside of Ashna? Who is he outside of the things that were, like, so close to his heart for so much of his youth? Because now he's, like, 30, 31, and he's, like, really being forced to think about these things because he's been a soccer star for the last 10-ish years. I do think it speaks to how good of a guy he is that he doesn't see himself as a hero because I love this line at the top of page 107 where he's like,
like, um, he wished they'd stop with the knife. It wasn't like he'd meant to do it. It was a damn reflex. And then it says, when it came to Ashna Raje, even though his brain felt nothing, clearly his body begged to differ. He's also overcoming the fact that he had hoped that he was past this. And I'm, I'm sure Ashna feels the same way. Like, this was someone I dated in high school. I shouldn't be having this strong of a reaction to seeing them again because... You know, you're a different person when you're 17, 18 versus 30. They're both sort of coming to terms with that. Part of like that physical reaction versus like what they're actually thinking is we saw it when the knife did fall and Ashna had this moment where she almost wanted to like grab Rico and she just immediately became her 17, 18 year old self again for a moment. Now from Rico's perspective, seeing her again in the studio, he has this moment of like, oh my God, there she is. And then she does something that reminds him of reality. And he's like, oh, right, that's why I don't like her. <laughs> they're both kind of battling like how they're reacting physically versus the actual history of what's happened and, and trying to deal with their emotions, which again, Rico has had more time to process because he came into this fully knowing he was going to walk in, see Ashna and see how it plays out because he wanted to throw her off. And she's still very thrown off. She doesn't know how to process this. One of the assistant producers is like oh yeah you didn't get a chance to meet and Rico decides to like introduce himself as if they've never met before which I was like interesting that's a move to do I mean it makes sense clearly these two are very bad at handling their emotions <laughs> yes <laughs> Ashna makes these tiny little compartments in her brain and she tries to keep everything separate so as not to upset anybody Rico is just lost at all times and you know I think he's like every other person on earth he wants to be loved. He wants to be accepted. He wants to be respected. He had that with Ashna until he didn't. And so now he like associates a lot of rage and a lot of resentment towards her. And it's not like Ashna's being open and honest with her friends about knowing him. She didn't tell China, like her cousins, like nobody on planet Earth knows about their past except for each other. Imagine where this book would go if when the producer's like, oh, you guys never met, met. And he's like, oh, we already know each other. We were loved long ago you know like <laughs> how they're both the opposite of being open and honest about their lives you know there's so much internal struggle with them yeah and actually it makes me think that like him doing that is both respectful and petty the fact that he is being respectful of the fact that she has compartmentalized so much of her life that no one knows about them and he knows like this is just another secret that she's not going to want to get out right now at least but also petty because he's like oh since you put me in a box i'm gonna stay in that box so it's kind of like giving a taste of her own medicine back at her when she tries to ask like so how's your knee he's like oh now you care and everything so he keeps kind of coming back at her with these almost like petty remarks because of like how much she hurt him too and i think it's something that closure is the main word around rico because that's what he's looking for but ashna hasn't emotionally had the time to process what's happening Rico's kind of coming in already with like his objective of like just want closure want to move on with my life versus Ashna is like I, I just want to win this competition I'm here for the restaurant I'm kind of putting Rico in a box emotionally right now because I don't want to deal with that think about how it's been a week since they first laid eyes on each other look at how different their weeks are you know Rico's been in the hospital it's nothing new to him because he's been dealing with this injury for over a year now yeah. but he's still giving interviews he's still talking about the future he's kind of like working the PR out. He's being very diplomatic in his 
life. Ashna's never been famous before. So she's A, traumatized that everybody on planet Earth thinks she's an idiot who's never seen a hot guy before. So she's dealing with that on top of her mom is like, wants her to come, but she doesn't want to come. And she wants to quit the show because she like Rico knew he was coming on this show. He came here for Ashna. She had no idea she was going <laughs> to see him. And so she's processing the fame. She's processing seeing him. She's processing wanting to leave, but not being able to. She's processing trying to spite her mother and trying to make this thing work so she can save a restaurant. Like their heads are in two completely different pe- places. So even though I kind of understand his petty resentment for her not visiting him in the hospital, if they're keep gonna keep up this ruse that they've both individually decided is what's for the best, that they don't know each other, it would make sense that she wouldn't visit him in the hospital. And like, what would she say to him? You know, like yeah. she's dealing with so much. Because I even when he kind of asks himself that, it's like, should she have? Like, what was he expecting? Like that, you know, she would see him and suddenly be like, oh my goodness, like I need to apologize for any everything I ever did. And I think that was like his sort of fantasy of playing this situation out, right? Of like she would see him immediately feel all this regret for everything she ever did and be like Rico I'm so glad we're finally seeing each other after all these years I'm so sorry for all the emotional pain I've caused you and for how it's affected all your subsequent relationships no (laughs) that was like fantasy Rico thinking like everything was gonna be solved in like his perfect scenario but she wasn't gonna go to the hospital because like why would she (laughs) I I feel like we sort of reset the clock on these two because you know he googled her in a fit of rage age. He couldn't believe she was doing this show. And he's like, this is my chance to just sort of like confront her and show her what I'm made of, that I made something of myself. And he had no plans after that. It was yeah. like probably <laughs> one of the most impulsive decisions he's ever made in his life. And now you're right. Like he sort of had this fantasy. I Like I'm sure even though he didn't think about it in his head, he would show up and she'd be like, oh my God, like I made a huge mistake in letting you go. Like you're the most, am- I can't believe what you've done with your life. You're such a wonderful, amazing, strong, self made man I can't believe and like she's not thinking that at all I mean maybe she's thinking that we're not like she's not even there yet she's just like what are you doing here (laughs) is like that's as far as she can step in his direction is just you're a star what are like what am I doing here what are you doing here she doesn't even know that he's there because he orchestrated it which I feel like is something that's got to come out eventually that it's not like a coincidence that they just got paired together on the same show because he's the biggest star that show has ever had he asked for this he wanted to see her and she's gonna like what was plan b and he's gonna be like uh there really wasn't a plan b I was just (laughs) uh really mad and I wanted to prove to you and your father that I was worth something and I was worthy of respect and love (laughs) it's so tricky to navigate and like part of resetting the clock is like they don't even know each other now you know it's been years since they've seen each other and they're still both like we see it with Rico being like huh this seems different about her you knew her 12 years ago you knew her in high school of course she's going to be a different person but we do see Ashna also do the same thing of being like huh this isn't very like him and it's like the span of 12 years where they've had no contact yeah they're not gonna know each other and they are gonna be different so even though you know they share something 
so great for those two years they were together and maybe they did get to know each other so much that they they can really even years later identify what parts don't seem genuine there is still so much that they don't know about each other Rico still doesn't know that Ashna's father is dead you know like that's a huge piece of what uh, has been going on in her life and why you know she's even on this competition they're also just having like a super private conversation. So they're filming. They're not really filming right now. Um, it's sort of like some kind of unofficial introduction to an audience, a studio audience. And I'm like, if they're not filming this, what's going on? Anyways. What's the point? <laughs> what's the point of this? Tariko kind of points out like cameras are on. So you never know. Like everything's fair game. Which in that case, as they're having this super private conversation, I'm like, do they have mics on? Are they being recorded right now? Do they even realize it? That's something that I am also worried about when it comes up. Once these episodes are edited together and you see it on air, like what's actually going to be on screen and how are the producers going to craft the story of these two like secretly were in a relationship and now they're together again like that's going to be a great story for them oh absolutely i mean i it's already been established that ashna and rico are the cash cow yeah. of this <laughs> show <laughs> like they're nothing there's like no there's zero drama in this show without you know him like strutting in and her being like her swooning at the side of him you know that's sort of the dynamic that they've got going on and I I think they both because like they're both there for selfish reasons in different ways you know she's there for the restaurant she's there for the money she's there to try and save her father's legacy he's there to confront her he's there to prove himself to her but I feel like they both kind of want the exposure to work in their favor especially now we have the evidence that he's retiring Um, I feel like we've just seen him dealing with this injury and he's like a big brother to his whole team and now we're getting the facts that he is retiring and so he's got to find a life outside of soccer and it's probably not going to be cooking shows i don't know he, he's got to give the world a chance to see the real him in order to move forward because can you imagine teenage rico and ashna being told that one day their love will be exposed on a television show like they're the whole time they were together they were a secret they don't know how to function in public and like yeah. this it's a television show this is the most public eye and their their first encounter went viral this is like the most under the microscope they've ever been together i mean rico's been famous for a long time but like now it's like the two of them who like have probably barely been seen in public together ever and now people are like already shipping them i'm sure and they've got to figure out how to play that like are they gonna lean into it and try and like drum up the publicity and it's like (laughs) a friends to lovers kind of thing not knowing that it was lovers to (laughs) resentful enemy types to lovers again so they're still processing a lot and they've not yet met in private which is you know hopefully the next chapter of their relationship moving forward is like a private conversation between the two of them no mics no cameras no what's going to happen next you brought up a good point in that he does not know her father died i bet in his mind the reason why she never wanted to go public with their relationship is because of her father and like once he found out he was like this guy's not good enough for you why why are you wasting your time? He's mm-hmm. like, this is not what we do. You're a Rajay. Who, who the heck is this guy? He doesn't even have a family. I'm sure he hates her father for like ending their relationship and being the reason they had to be a secret. Yeah. And I mean, that's something where even though he does resent her father, he also resents.
condemns her for being so easily swayed by her father's opinion. So I think that's another factor is like, he still very much so sees like it was still her decision of whether or not she was going to follow her her father's, I guess, command really of like, don't be with this guy or fight against it. And I mean, part of also bringing the relationship from private to public, but trying to keep it private is that they do set some ground rules. Um, they decide, and and Rico is again, with his pettiness, he's like, I'm used to this, like, just tell me the rules, like, and they decide to keep their past private. So they de- they've decided that. And he's like, you know, I'm used to you hiding me as your secret, which is another little dig there. But actually, he does um, tell the uh, reader the story of like, there was one time where they were at In-N-Out together and her cousin had walked in and so she pushed him into the bathroom to hide him when we're talking about like the hurt that he feels too you're like oh this is like just like the everyday stuff that would happen that like she was physically hiding him (laughs) from everyone to make sure that the boxes stayed as separate as possible so from there they're going to go out and go into the spotlight and do their intros so with that we can go into chapter 10 so now we are back to Ashna's perspective and they are doing the intros to the studio audience and she's actually they're walking out arm in arm together and she's like whatever it's just for the camera just for show but she notices something different about Rico something that she didn't see before which is that he is someone who uh, is soaking up the spotlight and the Rico that she knew didn't care about what other people thought or didn't really care about the opinions of others but now he is someone who commands a room and is so Soaking up all the attention. I love the description that she can see women just like losing their minds basically and swooning in the audience and unable to control themselves. And she's like, does he notice this? But at this point, I mean, honestly, it might be normal for him to see this happening. Exactly. And I feel like this is a good demonstration of the differences between where they started from and where they are now. Definitely one of the reasons that she wanted to keep him a secret as teenagers is they came from very different class backgrounds. You know, she came from royalty. And even though she sees herself as a normal kid, you know, her father was the one who very much carried that attitude of like, we're right. We're royalty. We're we're descended from this and that. We came from a palace, and he came from two normal parents in Brazil, and then like came up with like only an aunt as his family. And so it's been very interesting watching this, where like flash forward twelve years, and people like worship him. You know, it sort of (laughs) the scene made me think. I haven't watched The Bachelor in a very long time, but I remember a few years ago one of the bachelors who was like a total you know smoke show, and he had this like three year old son it was like the just one of those uh, what's it called like the women tell all kind of Mm -hmm. episodes but like it was just him and chris harrison and all he had to say was something like oh yeah yeah and then my son fell asleep in my arms and the entire like woman only audience went oh like it takes nothing to like (laughs) (laughs) like especially in situations like this for us like because we're like oh a hot guy and then he's just like a gentleman and the room falls at his feet you know the tables have truly turned because now he's the one who's royalty he's the one people are like tripping over themselves or almost getting their toes cut off to meet and to see and to be like what's his deal what is he like well, I want to know everything about you versus her she is nobody she cleans her own restaurant now she's like the furthest thing 
from, you know, a princess. Yeah. And it's funny because you even see that in the difference in their applause. They're like, up first, Ashna Raje, chef extraordinaire, whatever. And yet they're like scattered applause and Rico Silva. And it's just like this explosion <laughs> of, of uh, applause. And she's like, I get it. He's famous. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's like, she's also trying to process like, who is the new Rico? Who is this guy who loves cameras and loves being on in front of an audience? But there's a moment where Rico actually puts his hand on Ashna's back. And that is just too much physical contact for both of them. And then he very much so realizes to, and Ashna can't process or say any words. So thankfully, Rico is media trained enough to like take the mic and be like, uh, yeah, we're so excited to be here and <laughs> that sort of thing. But she's just like, don't do that again, pretty much. <laughs> it's overwhelming. We get this reminder of like, these introductions aren't going to be part of the show. But Rico points out like, look at all the cameras around here. Like, this is all gonna be fair game. Ashna is both like terrified about but also in a way thankful to have Rico to be there to kind of guide her through this very new process for her. She's like, you know what? I don't know what TV is like. I don't know what they're possibly gonna take out of what everything I say. She's like, you know what? I can focus on the cooking part and he can be the smiling, the one smiling to the cameras. That's how we'll kind of make it through this. Ashna's really out of her element. He is undoubtedly the one with more power here because he knows what to expect from people. He knows how they, like, he, he knows what the optics of this look like. He knows how to be on TV. He knows how to be a personality. He knows how to be in front of the camera. And that's like a very, it's a very special skill, you know, like famous people, like, I hope I'm never famous. I hope <laughs> this is as famous as I ever get. <laughs> It takes a special kind of personality to be to appear comfortable like in front of all of those people because people think that when you're on something like a cooking show, you're off, you know, you're more yourself, you're not like at your job, but that's could not be farther from the truth because this is part of publicity for him. This is like he's still on. He's not himself. He's Rico Silva, you know, like he still needs to be this charming, charismatic person that everyone wants to tune into. I will say that that actually brings up a memory from when I went to see Dancing with the Stars of like, <laughs> kind of honestly seeing that all that in action of how much they play to the camera. And then once the they like say like, and now we're going to commercial, it shuts off in such an abrupt way that you're like, wow, this is so for the show and for the cameras. You're in the studio audience, you're having a good time they're not there to play to you at all they're there to play to the small cameras. fish <laughs> yeah there was like this moment where like they were like up next like these two people and so like they do like a slow zoom on these two people um it was like the dancer and the celebrity they're kind of both like hanging on each other and kind of dancing and smiling and laughing and then it cuts and they literally like separate from each other and go opposite directions <laughs> and you're like whoa <laughs> Like, yeah, you see the reality of reality TV of what it's actually like. Ashna is going to have to be dealing with that kind of stuff. And I mean, she gets a little bit of a taste of it when um, the rest of the contestants, we meet them a little bit. We see like who she's up against, all the different celebrities. And there's like a Disney Channel star. There's like an older soap opera star. And there's this actress 
who's from a K-drama, and I love that she makes her intentions known from the beginning. She's like, I'm only here because Rico Silva is here. So I'm like, bold move, lady. Honest woman. Honest yeah. woman. I trust her because you know what? I'd probably only be there for Rico Silva too. Let's all be honest with ourselves. Listen, <laughs> she's trying to make her intentions known so that she could also maybe be shipped with him and make it further along in the competition. Maybe she's trying to angle it as a love triangle type of thing. Good for for her of trying to stay on as long as possible too. I mean, if she's there for love, which is probably smart because too many people go in The Bachelor for love and it doesn't work out. I feel like that's the trick. Go on non-love oriented reality shows and say things like, I'm here for Rico Silva. I would also like to mention that I am single. <laughs> <Yes>. and, <laughs> and like, see what happens with you because he's not there to meet a bunch of single women. He's there to allegedly learn how to cook. Which uh, while all those introductions are happening, um, he's seated next to Ashna because obviously his leg still hurts but he keeps like whispering these little quips about each person who does their introduction to her almost as if they're teenagers again and they're just having fun and they're making fun of other people it sort of like keeps her distracted to not think about oh my goodness I'm gonna be on this competition show I'm gonna be on camera all the time but also she's like this is annoying like what is he doing like we're not friends <laughs> so it's this weird weird relationship where like they barely know each other I mean, they, they have like this history, but it's been years. And so like, they don't know what they are. They're not friends. Are they acquaintances? Like, it's a weird relationship status to be at. Like, obviously, there's a lot that they have in common and like about each other because they were so in love for two years, which is like a really long time when you're so young. But then it ended so badly. And that just like caused a bunch of hurt emotions to be associated with the other. So like, they've kind of been at odds this whole time. On top of that, they have to act like they just met and like they really want to get to know each other and they really want to win the show and do all the there's like so many layers of just and there's so many eyes on them that it's like I think it'd be overwhelming for anyone even even Rico who's like been in the spotlight for so many years you know I think it's really really overwhelming and even like you know as he's like whispering these things to her Ashna says in her head on page 125 just you wait Ashna wanted to tell her who's like the author who's speaking just you wait it's very much the Hamilton episode <laughs> So then once they're they're finished filming, actually, um, Ashna goes back to her restaurant. We find out like, yeah, she's got this team set up to help her while she's filming. So she's got two sous chefs. Uh, Mina's going to be helping out. So all things are kind of set for Curry Dreams to make sure that still is running smoothly. Um, I feel like through Mina, all things are possible. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then Shobi calls. And the first thing she says is... Uh, the knife didn't touch you, did it? So obviously she saw the clip. She really is like embarrassed on Ashna's behalf. She's like, how could you possibly have reacted in such a way? This is why you should be in a committed relationship because if you had been in a relationship, you wouldn't have reacted in this way. Ashna kind of goes back. She's like, wow, I never thought like you would tell me like you're 30 and not married. Shelby's like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying date someone at least. <laughs> so, Which yeah, again, it's like the public perspective is Ashna was swept off her feet at the first sight of Rico Silva 
And that's uh, very much so not her perspective, which is um, so secret and so private and no one can ever know why. No. And like, but I also feel like it's really unfair of her mom for saying you can't have knee jerk reactions to things like, so what if she didn't think of her daughter as the swooning type? And she's like, so what? It was just like a a moment that happened to be caught on camera and (laughs) showed millions of times over. And she lectures her once again on giving everything she has to the restaurant. And I feel like that's sort of where the boyfriend conversation comes in. It's just like, she literally doesn't have time for a personal life. She doesn't even have time to sleep. She doesn't even have time to do anything. And so she says, why do you repeatedly let the restaurant be a punitive place for you? And the next sentence is, sometimes Ashna just hated Shobi, but she hated herself more for answering the phone. It's sad. Like, how do you respond to that? Yeah, it's sad because like Ashna does, you know, sometimes she accidentally answers the phone and sometimes she answers on purpose. But it seems like every time she does, she does like want to be like, you know, what? I want to have a good conversation. I don't want to come out of this arguing. And it always just ends up being arguing, you know, even the fact that Shobi's like, all right, well, at least you got this viral clip and that's why you'll win. And Ashna's like, no, I'm going to win because of my cooking. But Ashna to herself is like, there's no way I'm going to win because of my cooking because I can't cook anything except my dad's recipes. So there's like, yeah. We haven't even got to the cooking part where like she's gonna break down like it's not gonna be good because she hasn't been able to cook any recipe that isn't her dad's and not have a panic attack. So what's gonna happen when you're on Cooking with the Stars? It's live. You have to cook something that is not gonna be one of those dishes. That's something that no one knows yet either. I don't even know if this is gonna be a situation like chopped where they give you ingredients and they're like, okay, go make that. Or if they just say like, you know, make lasagna or like, you know, they, they it's not like she's not in control here. She's like never had less control over anything because at least with her restaurant for a long time, she was cooking her dad's recipes and then they shook it up and like, added more things but like she had her sous chef and like her other staff who were able to do that cooking but now she has absolutely not only does she have like zero control over what she can cook but like she has to make these dishes in order to compete she's got to compete in order to win she's got to win in order to prove her mom that she could do anything she wants she keeps just trying to prove she'll be wrong of like no i am capable and i am gonna do this so they again just end the the call on bad terms. Um, as always. As always. Nothing nothing new happening in their relationship yet because it's just one big misunderstanding. And I mean, you can only go so far in these conversations over the phone. It's been probably a long time since they've seen each other face to face and been able to talk about these things. So really, it's like these really short, contained conver- and very charged conversations where they're both busy, they're both stressed. It's sort of like a, a quick thing they just want to get out of the way and Mina stops by the restaurant and it's sort of like this really calming presence in in Ashna's life she even says like the way that Mina treats her and the way she talks to her she says that was how you did motherhood because Mina just has been this strong mother figure in her life when she really needed it and when when uh, Shobi just wasn't there for her I feel like Ashna's never relied on her mother a day in her life (laughs) But at least she does have that love. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping another goal that I have for Ashna <laughs> is that she has a phone call with her mother where she doesn't hang up in a fit of rage and feels really down on herself about her life choices. But we'll see. We'll see. In the meantime, that is all for chapters 9 and 10. Stay tuned. And next week, we will discuss chapters 11 and 12 of Recipe for Persuasion. Recipe for Persuasion.